What's up, everybody? This is Tanner from TanManBaseballFan.com. Uh, sorry for that sound in my uh, steering wheel here. It's cold out. My car does not like the cold. We're just dropping off Atticus uh, as jiu-jitsu class here. And I uh, wanted to get back on with you. Like, I'm still bummed about last night, y'all. Like, me and Matt, we had a great conversation. A stupid thing didn't record any of it. Um, but we will have him back on. I wanted to do a little bit of a recap not a recap, but actually kind of like a preview, I guess you could say, of what Matt and I will talk about. It's great stuff. Um, before I did talk about that, though, I wanted to uh, uh, kind of mention something that I had a little fun interaction with a kid that's uh, one of Atticus's friends. Um, he's, uh, I think I think we know his family through church. He was at the Atticus's party, which, by the way, uh, we had a party for Atticus for his uh, 17th birthday. Uh, they do a Super Smash Bros. tournament. And man, like our house is packed. There are like over 30 kids there, and I just uh, wanted to run away screaming. But uh, <laughs> it was uh, it was pretty uh, pretty incredible. But um, anyway, so uh, one of his friends, he was uh, over to mow our lawn to uh, 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 raise some money for a mission trip about probably half a year ago or so, and. Uh, uh, when he was done, he came inside and we were talking and uh, started talking about baseball. And of course, oh, my ears perk up. Hey, you like baseball? You like baseball cards? He goes, oh, yeah, I love baseball cards. I don't have many of them, but I do love baseball cards. And this kid, I think he uh, I think he collects a lot of things. Um, he is a collector and possibly a hoarder in training. And <laughs> I mean, I, I'm not one to talk, but, uh, uh, but anyways, um, I was like, hey, you know, hang on a second. Let me, let me see if I have something for you. So I run upstairs, Atticus didn't care about these, so you know, otherwise I would have given them to him. But uh, I had some uh, Topps Heritage Yankees cards and uh, from like 2018, I think it is, and uh, you know, a few other cards that were you know, fun and shiny. I was like, well, hey, I'll tell you what, because he said something about him liking the Yankees as well as the Astros. So I had some Yankees and some Astros, and I was like, hey, I'll tell you what, take a look at these. And he just looked at me and he's like, oh man, these are so cool. I'll tell, you, I'll tell you what, you can have them. He's like, no way, are you serious? And uh, you know, he's so excited about those cards. And uh, it was fun, it just kind of took me back a little bit to, to remembering and kind of like what Anthony was saying in our interview a few days ago on you know how he had his 1986 Topps All-Star Gary Carter um, and uh, when he got his eyes just lit up as a child or the 1990 score Gary Carter that was a dime that was just so super exciting to him and it reminded me as a kid how I was when it came to cards like that as well it didn't have to be a one-of-one one. like obviously it takes a lot nowadays to get like super pumped it's gotta be like a mega patch or a special one-of-one one. not even just a one-of-one one. like uh, it has to be like a, a special one-of-one one nowadays um, it's kind of funny how that works but um, Anyway, so yeah, it was is fun. It's fun to see this kid just being so uh, delighted with having these uh, cards for free that were really, I mean, worth maybe a few bucks or something, and that was really it. So, uh, anyways, fast forward to Atticus's birthday uh, party. I see him over there. I was like, "Hey, what's going on? How's the baseball card collecting going?" He's like, "Yeah, it's going great. I'm actually excited to tell you, I've got 500 cards." And I'm like, "Whoa! All right, that's awesome." So I showed him a, a picture of an Altuve booklet I had because I thought he'd have a little bit of appreciation for that, um, you know, because it's a beautiful card. I actually just sold it, um, but you know, it's a fun card to have while I, you know, while I did have it. But um, 
anyway, so uh, I asked him the firehouse question. This is uh, what I ask almost everybody. But yeah, you know, I didn't want to say if his if his house burned down because that's kind of morbid. But it's like if if your cards caught on fire, what cards in your collection would you want to keep? And out of the 500 cards that he said, without missing a beat, he would say it would definitely have to be the coach cards. <laughs> I have never heard that before, y'all. Like that is awesome. Like I love hearing something like that. And he's like trying to name them for me. He's like, uh, he could name me any one of them, which is fine. I mean, I can't name any, you know, hardly any of the managers or anything uh, nowadays in baseball either. So it's completely understandable. Um, but I just got a kick out of it. You know, this kid, he, he loved the, the couple dollars worth of cards I gave him. He was excited to tell me about the 500 that he had accumulated through trading and, and buying a few packs here and there. And, uh, and all that to say, his favorite cards of all were the coaches. And, uh, you know, it's, it's just uh, how pure and innocent of a, of a uh, uh, collector that kids can be. And, uh, you know, I say kid, he's he's a kid, but I mean, he's probably 15 or so, I guess. But um, what a what a fun thing. I just, I just really enjoyed that interaction with him. So anyways, moving forward as a little bit of a preview for whenever I have Matt back on, um, he, uh, just to kind of give you a, a heads up of who he is, he's the uh, uh, co-host of the Essential Credentials podcast and, uh, you know, great guy. Um, he actually is up there in Alaska and uh, um, the podcast itself is fantastic. Uh, he's actually an Alex Rodriguez collector. And uh, the funny thing was, is, is I, maybe it's just the podcaster in him. I, I don't know. I, I, I assumed we were going to camp out uh, in all things A-Rod. But as it turned out, um, our conversation was really kind of dominated, not necessarily of his, uh, of his collection, but more of 90s cards in general. And, uh, you know, I, I don't really want to duplicate myself on this one versus what Matt and I are going to talk about later. But... Uh, it's a podcast. We're, we'll talk about things over and over again sometimes. <laughs> that's just that's how it goes. But um, so uh, his podcast, Essential Credentials, with uh, he co-hosts it with Greg. And Greg, we're going to have on at some point also. He's he's a collector of Tim Salmon, along with a few other guys like Frank Thomas and Nomar Garcia Parra, I think. Um, but Tim Salmon, I think, is his main guy. But anyways, um, yeah, it's uh, the podcast is mainly about. 90s cards and it's it was born out of uh, uh, the Facebook group 1990s to 2004 inserts and uh, you know, I love the group it's uh, it's growing um, but it's such a fascinating uh, time period for baseball cards and interestingly enough like I would almost say it's like the most fascinating time of baseball cards in many respects and the funny thing is y'all is that like uh, <laughs> That's largely been skipped over uh, by many, many, many collectors. And what I mean by that is a lot of us, we stopped collecting in like 91, 92, 93, 94, and didn't come back till like the mid 2000s. Well, that time pocket right there is like literally uh, a hotbed for uh, 90s inserts and parallels. And, uh, you know, so it's just kind of a kind of a funny thing. So like, when I got back uh, into collecting, it probably took me years. Like, first of all, uh, the thing that took center stage for me was like these pack pulled uh, jersey cards and autographs. 
I was thinking, holy smokes, these are amazing. And I've said it before, I'll say it again. It was like alien technology to me. Um, just like to you, quite possibly as well, if you uh, stepped away uh, from the hobby. But it took a few years, and then I started looking at these 90s inserts, and I go, huh, there's something about these cards. And then as I kept digging, I'm like, man, these are actually like really incredibly cool. There's a reason why they're why the new card companies are trying to duplicate them in, in retro sets and everything all the time. Um, so you know, and also on top of that, a lot of these like super rare '90s cards, they've got to a point where enough big spender collectors and investors have uh, understood how desirable they are because it's not just that they're rare, it's not just that they have big names, it's that they are incredibly uh, innovative as well as extremely beautiful many times. So it kind of hits a sweet spot uh, that's being touched by you know all fronts. And uh, it's fun uh, to see people that are starting to look at them and go, oh well this is just some 90s card, it's not really a big deal. Well, you know, come to find out that card that you think is not a big deal is actually a one of one killer. And what I mean by one of one killer is like some of these 90s inserts, they will slaughter a one of one card uh, of the same player if they go up at auction. And, uh, you know, good example, Derek Jeter just happened. I've talked about it a few times before the 96 Select Certified Mirror Gold, y'all, at like uh, a PSA 10 sold for $202,000 at auction. Um, do any one of ones of his uh, touch that? Nope. Uh, you know, it's uh, don't even come close to it, especially for the newer ones. You know, sure, Jer Derek Jeter will uh, will command some big money for sure. Absolutely, I'm not denying that. But will any other cards of his out there uh, touch that? Probably not. Um, and you know, it's kind of funny. I remember uh, trying to take a pulse on the hobby community as a whole. So. What I did is, is I ran a poll on a number of uh, forums out there. So Blowout, uh, Freedom, uh, probably Net54. I, it's been a couple of years, maybe one or two years ago when I did this. But one thing you have to understand is because the hobby is such is so broad, like you'll have uh, all kinds of collecting groups uh, that have their different um, uh, areas of expertise. And so as it so happens, um, Net54, for example, is very much so really good into vintage stuff and pre-war, 19th century. Um, those are where the experts congregate. Um, Freedom Cardboard, uh, they're big into uh, player collectors, 90s cards. That's, that's kind of where the experts there uh, congregate. Now for Blowout, Blowout certainly is what, you know, to my understanding, is like by far the biggest uh, community of uh, collectors as far as forums go online. That's not talking about Facebook groups or anything like that, but actual forums. And so, uh, you know, the people that make up that, uh, you know, that group there is really kind of experts of almost anything, but you'll probably get more casual guys there as well. But, uh, but a lot of those guys are really big into prospecting and newer cards, the one of ones, the patches and so on and so forth. So um, what I did, I thought I thought this would be kind of like a fun little little test. I ran a poll. I said, "Hey everybody, what do you think is the best insert or parallel card from the '90s?" And I put a bunch of them up. There's options. I put like '93 uh, Finest Refractor, '98 Crusade Red, '96 um, Select Certified Mirror Gold, '97 Platinum Totally Certified 
uh, platinum gold. Uh, I put all the big ones in there, along with some others, of course. You know, I'm not mm-hmm. you know saying them right right now just yet. But uh, uh, interestingly enough, like on blowout, the biggest uh, the biggest forum where the majority of people congregate, what the majority of everybody voted for is the 1993 finest refractor. And if you're big into 90s cards, your jaws probably dropped. I mean. Don't get me wrong, guys. 93 Finest is awesome. The refractors are beautiful. Um, but uh, it is wild to think that's the top 90s insert or parallel. Like, <laughs> it's probably not even top 10. Um, and so it goes to show you that um, in in spite of the fact that there's a lot of um, high-dollar 90s cards out there, um, the truth of the matter is we have a lot more room to grow. The reason why I say that we have a lot more room to grow on these is because uh, the average everyday collector does not have a great working knowledge of 90s cards. And, uh, you know, to be to be completely honest with you, um, you know, I've been back in this uh, for, I don't know, 13, 14 years, and I still don't feel like I know nearly as much as I should on the 90s inserts and parallels. there's a couple of reasons for that. And let me, let me give you a couple couple examples. Um, so first of all, nowadays what we look at is we see the three card companies, Tops, Panini, and Leaf. Those are the main guys. And really the main one, truthfully, is Tops because they're the only licensed card company. That wasn't the case in the 90s. In the 90s, you had Tops, Fleer, Donruss, uh, Pinnacle. You had Skybox. You had... Upper Deck and Pacific, you had all kinds of these card companies. All of them were licensed and almost all of them put out multiple uh, card companies uh, or different card sets. I'll give you an example. I actually pulled out my uh, binder as I was talking of uh, Canseco cards that had uh, Pacific cards. Uh, Is a a set that, or a card company that started making cards uh, for everybody mainly, probably around 1993. I know they did a few uh, sets if it's the same company, I believe it is, of like Nolan Ryan in 1991. There's like a, a billion card set of Nolan Ryan. I think they did one of like Tom Seaver or something too. Uh, cool cards, but uh, I think they started making full sets, I believe, in 1993. There's a lot of uh, Spanish language in these cards as well. Um, so it's it's really interesting. It adds some for some nice variety, but they don't stop there. Uh, they They have the regular cards. They have the Prisms, they have the Auroras, they have the Paramounts, the Omegas, the Vanguards, uh, what else? Gold Crown Die Cut. I mean, they had all of these different types of cards that they would uh, pull out so or that they would create. And they're so creative. Like, even the base cards are just so neat. Uh, and not all of them, but, you know, even the like the, the inserts that are, like, not ridiculously rare. So... 93, I'm looking at like this prism type of Kinseiko. They did one for 94 also. There's also beautiful, uh, what is this called? I wish I could kind of tell you, but it's all in Spanish. Um, <laughs> it's 95 Pacific something or other. Um, it's gold. The, the entire background is gold and it shimmers so beautifully. It's holographic gold. Um, there's a red foil and a blue foil card that's uh, in that same year or the next. There's something called card supials. I think I'm saying that right, which is fantastic. I actually learned this this year. I had everything <laughs> like a year and a half ago. I didn't even know this, but um, in uh, 1995 or 96, let me take a look. Uh, oh man, I can't read. I can't read it. Uh, 
it is oh 97 i guess so 1997 there's a card supial card it's a it's a nice nice card on the front it's got a picture of Kinseko having already swung as a member of the red sox on the back there's actually this little slit and so uh at first i thought this was a um some sort of like a, a condition issue but what that slit is for is you can actually put a little mini Pacific card in there and it matches up perfectly with the actual uh, photography on the back of the card. So, um, you know, Pacific did some really off the wall cool things. There's another uh, home run fever card from Crown Royale in Pacific that you, uh, I think it's heat activated where you uh, would press down on a few of the dates or something or the numbers and uh, if you won, you'd get something. Uh, there's some horizontal cards that are made of holographic foil that have like a die cut around a crown. Um, there's some cards that have like uh, the middle part as acetate that show the portrait of the card. The uh, the die cut portions of some of these cards, they're actually probably laser cut, are just phenomenal. I mean, there's they've done all kinds of different things. One of them, one of my favorites is called... Uh, uh, I guess it's EO Portraits or something. It's a sideways card, and uh, it's got a picture on the left of Kinseiko having swung. On the right-hand side, at first glance, it's all black, but if you hold it up to the light, there's little laser cuts that actually make his face. So anyway, some of these cards that they came out with might be like, there might be like, a, say, four or five different parallels of a base-looking card where uh, the only differences are the color of the foil. Um, and you really have to be a student of 90s cards to fully understand uh, what could be rare and what cannot be rare. So uh, there might be two cards that are numbered to 100 or not, um, but one might have been released in a retail product and one might have been released in a higher end product. Higher end product might have yielded all 100 cards, whereas the retail product might have never been open. And so a lot of them might have been damaged by having been stuck together in a warehouse because of humidity and heat and that sort of thing, as well as the retailers may have just thrown out the product and might just toss the boxes. That's happened uh, several times from what I've heard from others as well. So that, uh, so like one color out of 100 might be very easy to find, whereas another card out of 100 uh, that of a different color foil might be impossible because who knows, maybe there's only 25 out there that's left. So anyways, all that to say, the 90s are very, it's a very, very interesting time period. And uh, you know, I look forward to talking to Matt again, um, so that way you all can hear it as well this time, and hopefully I'll record. <laughs> and uh, you know, just kind of enjoy hearing uh, about some of these card sets, and, and hopefully being able to uh, you know, have yours perk up, uh, perk up a little bit when we talk about some cards, so that way you can look them up while you're listening and maybe make some purchases on some cards to uh, enhance your, your collection and give it a little more depth. So that's all I have for you now. I will wrap it up and uh, I'm not sure when the next one is I'll do, but uh, uh, as far as prog podcasts go, but um, you know, probably will be in the next day or two, I'd imagine. Thanks y'all. Have a great day.